Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Insights with Experts. Joining us here today, we are very fortunate to have Dr. Vincent. Now, Vincent here with us, we're very lucky to have him because he is the founder of Renovature, a company currently looking into the work of Apple supplement products in various things around there. In addition, he has done numerous things over his life, specifically in the work of public speaking, podcast, media, and so on. I'm not going to go into it go into it too much because I don't want to spoil some of the stuff that we're going to hear now. Um, so just to start off with Vincent, how, how are you? How is everything? I'm really, really well. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, before, before you hit record, uh, we were talking about all these amazing ex experts that you had on. And I feel very, very proud of myself and what, what, what I have achieved so far to be on your uh, program, because I do believe that if, if you can call it a success or achievements that I have now and where I am today, although I work really, really hard for that, I also cannot forget uh, the roles and the impacts and the, the significant factors that was contributed by everybody uh, in the form of formal educators, like teachers and, and lecturers, but also from people that I came across through networking to, to, to hanging out and all of these little nuggets of wisdoms that I, I, I learn from them, I apply it whenever possible and whenever, whenever appropriate in my life, be it on a daily basis or uh, through my career pathway. And I really find that it helps me. It helps to motivate me. It helps to give me an insight. It helps to give me lessons about things that I haven't done yet or what to do not to be in the position that they were before. So I'm really happy to share whatever that I can share to everybody who wants to learn. Yeah, and thank, thank you so much. It's really nice to hear something like that, specifically showing that the people that we have on board can really e empathize with what it's like to be in our shoes. Hopefully, uh, I guess what can happen now is we're gonna grow up inspired by all these people which have helped us and then help people when we're your age, potentially, or maybe younger, maybe older, or anything like that. So I think this is really nice what we have is the cycle of people helping each other. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to hear that. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get straight into the first question. As I said, I didn't wanna spoil too much from the start about what you do. So I'd just like to ask you now, can you get an overview of your journey? Um, you know, what made you wanna go into starting Renovature, what, what, why, why did you study what you studied at uni? You know, essentially, what was that road? What did it look like to stand where you currently stand now? I think it all started back in 2008 when I decided that I wanted to study further into a research and into science, uh, scientific exploration. And I felt that at the time, and no disrespect to the country that I was born in or the institution that I was studying at, the, at that time. But at that time, I felt that I've achieved what I could achieve being in that current environment. So I felt that I wanted to branch out. I wanted to explore more. And uh, those that always surround yourself in a room of people that were smarter than you are. Is that right? Yes, I think that is very important because when you surround yourself and I, I don't think I have done this purposely or, or by design. I just felt that a lot of people identify with being a good CEO or a good researcher or a good father, for example, or a good worker. But for me, in essence, if you ask me, what are you, what do you do the best? And uh, my answer would be, I'm a really good student. 
I learn a lot um, from from what I see, from what I listen, from what I do. I learn a lot, and that actually propelled my study beyond where I was at that time. So I was in Indonesia, and then I decided that no, I want to I want to do more because I felt that everything that I wanted to achieve at that time, I have done so. So uh, in June 2008, I came to Australia, I arrived in Australia and I did my uh, Bachelor of uh, Applied Science uh, in Food Technology and Human Nutrition, which then um, go into a research project. At that time, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never thought that I wanted to be a researcher. I, always, I have always been interested in science, but I never thought that I would be undertaking an intensive research in the form of PhD. However, when I was doing um, this short research project, I got really, really interested with uh, the topic and the topic uh, was phenolic antioxidants. And it was really something that challenged me at that time because the whole scientific community in the world, they, they were in agreement that phenolic antioxidants were like the holy grail of antioxidant. However, in the past 80 years of research, nobody could crack the mystery of how to make these antioxidants, these good substances, available for our body to use. Because if we can crack the mystery of using or taking advantage of these health benefiting compounds, it could really contribute to human health, not only as preventative, but eventually as a treatment. So I took that upon myself as a challenge. And um, I remember when I, when, when I first uh, did my experiment, somebody told me that, uh, Vincent, maybe you really wanted to change course because uh, if, you, if you follow through this path, you probably will never finish your PhD. And one of the advantages of being young is that uh, I was stubborn and I, I kept on doing what I was doing. And in 2012, I discovered this technology, which the University of Newcastle, Australia helped me to patent it, which was a very, very smart move. And fast forward to 2015, uh, I founded Renopatio. And the reason why I named it Renopatio, I know it's very hard to pronounce, let alone to spell, but there is a little bit of story behind that. So in 2012, when I went back to Indonesia, I actually uh, was very sad because I saw my grandma and my grandma was basically wheelchair bound because she had a really severe rheumatoid arthritis on her knees. My grandma used to be a dancer a ballroom dancer and used to be a teacher. So just imagine from someone who was very active and out of a sudden she couldn't do anything. And it, it was really bad, not only for her physical well-being, but also for her mental well-being. At that time, I said to my grandma, I said, that, hey, I have I had this substance that I have been playing with in the, in, in the lab. It, it has not been proven that it will work. However, what I can guarantee to you that it will not kill you. Uh, uh, do you want to try it? And then my grandma said, okay, let me try it. Three months later, she and my grandpa visited us, me and my sister in Sydney, and she was walking uh, a distance probably around five, four to five kilometers from uh, Paddy's Market, Haymarket, all the way to the Circular Quay, the Sydney Opera House. And my grandma told me at the time that, you know, uh, maybe people with similar cultural background with me uh, can understand this. In, in, in my culture, usually when you get your first proper job, you give uh, either a red envelope or you invite your uh, 
parents or grandparents to a really nice dinner to show that, hey, I've done quite well in, in my career. This is my first proper pay and I'm, I'm treating you to a nice dinner or I'm giving a red envelope. And my grandma told me at that time, I re really remember, I remember vividly, my grandma told me that, Vincent, you don't have to do that anymore because you have given me something that is much more valuable, much more special uh, because you have given me my life back. Uh, and that's the reason why I named my company Renovatio because Renovatio in Latin means a new life. And my mission when I founded this company is to give people a new life in the way that they can be happier and healthier. And uh, the reason why I persevere and again, being stubborn in naming my company is because you, in my opinion, you, you have to want success. You have to want to be successful in what you do because otherwise what's the point of doing it? You need that drive and ambition. However, you have, you have to put a safeguard in terms of you can't be arrogant and you can't be too too big-headed and my safeguard is the name Renovatio because even when we become a multi-million dollar company or hopefully maybe a multi-billion dollar company I can I can never forget the reason why the company was started and why we exist in this world because every time you look at the product every time you look at the company it's Renovatio and there is a meaning behind that and I feel that that help us in terms of making the decision too. Last year, we had the opportunity to, uh, to make a deal with uh, the biggest retailer in Australia, Woolworths, and we communicated this mission statement of our company and it resonated with what they wanted to do. And I feel that it's very important to let people know what you want to do because A, if they agree with you, then you can work together to, to achieve that dream. And B, if they don't agree with you, then maybe that's not a good deal because not every, not every deal is a good deal. Not every good deal is a right deal and not every money is good money. So I have been very fortunate to be, to be aware of, of, of the side of business that I, I, I really do not want to, to get into uh, because it's very hard for me. And I don't know, Akmal, you, you have a scientific background, so maybe you can, you can relate to what I'm going to say. It's very hard for me at the beginning to, as a scientist, to basically agree with the business part of it. As a scientist, I write papers, I publish papers, but as, as, as a businessman, this is a trade secret. I can't share it with other people. So to, to make these two sides of me to be on the same page, initially it was very, very hard. But again, the experience with my grandma sort of kind of justify the reason why I use science in the business world because the purpose and the, and the mission is to help people. You can publish as many papers as you want about this technology, but until someone actually translates it into product on the shelves, nobody can be helped. Yeah, I, I really like that. There's lots of really nice things in there which you said. One thing which is nice and common is that oracle was also derived from a Latin word as well. Or yes. meaning mental, which is exactly what our site revolves on. So maybe that's something that we can take forward. Always stay true that main core value which you have. I really like that part that that you were saying there. Um, also talking about that, you know, you talk about being stubborn over time, but it seems to be that, you know, being stubborn actually worked well for you. So maybe you stayed on your path. Um, so I wanted to then maybe ask with that, when does stubborn become arrogant? And 
you know, how, how can we stay in those lines? How can we stay to our vision without perhaps coming across as arrogant? When do we know when we're going above that line? I think, although I use the word stubborn a few times, uh, it, it is basically a word, for lack of a better word, that is the term that I use to encapsulate the attitude that I have towards my dream. But to elaborate a little bit more about the word stubborn, uh, I really remember um, growing up, I felt that because, I, I mean, one of the things that I feel that I missed out was that had I, had, I, had I gone to high school probably now, I would be like the coolest person ever because geek is in trend now. When I was growing up, when I was in high school, being a geek uh, is not so much of a popular thing to do. But I remember uh, coming home once from school and um, my, mom, my mom could see that I was, uh, I was distraught and, and, and I, I, my mom could see that I had a bad day. And I told, I told her about um, some of the experience that I had uh, on that day at school. And then my mom said that, look, not everyone can understand what you want. Not everyone can understand your dream. But then again, you can't blame people because it is not their job to understand your dream. As long as you understand it, then it's okay because it is your job. So that is the basis of what I say being stubborn because I can't blame people for not understanding what I want to do, for not understanding my dream. And the way to make them understand is to show them. So I feel that it creates a really good motivation, a really good foundation and a really good motivation for me to do everything and within my moral confines and to work hard to, to, to get where I want to get. And to answer your question about arrogant versus confident or versus stubborn, I think the really big, the really, really big difference is that your desire to learn. People, people who are arrogant because they feel that they are better than others, they know more than others, they are smarter than others, they, they no longer have the desire to learn. And this is why, in my opinion, and you can see this, and I've seen this in, in, in my life. I, well, I'm not that old, but I've seen this so far in my life. When people start to get arrogant, that is the starting point where they will fail. Because when you get arrogant, you refuse to learn. And when you refuse to learn, you cannot grow. And when you cannot grow, other people will surpass you. So I think that's the big difference. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really nice way of saying it. The independent variable is, are you going to learn it all? I really, yeah. Yes. It's really nice. Um, but moving forward, so, you know, Again, going back to that story that you told, it almost comes across that you're kind of like a pioneer in your field in the sense that we haven't seen a supplement like this yet. Um, so with that, I wanted to ask, how did you, you know, when this was just fresh out into the market, how did you tell people, look, this is going to be fine? How did you tell people that, I guess, your product was reliable, it was safe, it was credible? How did you sort of create that safe vibe around it? And then secondly, how could potentially young entrepreneurs or people just starting out do the exact same effect? How can they make sure that whatever the service, whatever the good is that they actually have out there, how can they make sure that people look at it in a good light as opposed to looking at it and thinking, okay, what can happen? Um, that's a really good, great question. Actually, I've done a lot of interviews. Nobody has ever asked me that. So thank you for that. And uh, I will answer that question in two parts. The first part is that I'm going to answer you from sort of kind of 
from the emotional as well as from uh, from philosophical point of view. I think one of one of the one of the strengths that strengths that I have is that I'm I'm fiercely independent in the way that um, not not in the way that I don't need anyone because obviously uh, it takes a village to to build all of this, but I'm independent in the way that I. I, I will do my best to make you understand. I will do my best to be liked by you. But at the end of the day, if you don't like me, I'm fine because I like me. I am my own best friend. So I think this attitude is very important, especially as a, as, as, as a young person uh, nowadays or as an entrepreneur, because a lot of times when you start doing something, it makes sense in your head, but it doesn't in other people's head. And when people look at you, if you want to change the system or if you want to go against the tide, obviously people will be skeptical because the easiest way is to stay the same. Status quo is comfortable. So it goes within the package. If you want to change something, if you want to be the change, you have to make sure that you are ready for pushback. You're ready for skepticism. You're ready to answer all of these questions that people may ask you or people will ask you because they are being faced with something new, something that they didn't know before. And uh, the second part of the question, which is the technical part and the pragmatic part, was that we are very lucky that we live in Australia where our regulatory body system is very, very strict and very, very good. So TGA, that is a key to FDA uh, in, in the US. Um, we follow through with whatever that they ask us to go through. We have a safety uh, test, we have a quality assurance, we, we presented everything as if that is an actual uh, PhD thesis hearing because everything was, was there and everything uh, was, was available for the regulatory officers to check. And we were very confident in that way because at that time I had already got, gone through the PhD confirmation and uh, the research, the thesis, and, and the, the, the invention were already being assessed by the expert in my field. So in that, on, on, that, on that front, I'm, I was very confident that there will, there will, there will not be a major challenges being presented by the regulatory body. They understood the science. They understood that the product is safe. They understood that this is, although this is something new, this is not something that has a risk of of, of being, being taken out of context in the term, in the way that people will not be harmed by taking this product and people will not have a side effect by taking this product. In terms of convincing people or general public in, uh, with our product and invention, I think I have to credit, I have to credit this to the media. The media really, really helped me in terms of communicating this. I always, I always feel that they help to, to, to bring my creation into the spotlight where people can see it. Be it in the bad way, be it in the good way, but people can see it. When people see it and start asking questions, then you can start answering the question. Being in the spotlight is not always bad because uh, if nobody asks a question, you can't offer the answer. And, this, and, and, and after that, I think what really helps us is that the product works. Our best ambassador and spokespeople are our customers. If you go through all of our social media, all of our publication, 
we very rarely make any claim or tell you that take this because you will feel this. Our customers are the ones who, uh, are the ones who are speaking about our product. They are the ones who are replying to people's comment and said, hey, maybe you want to try this. And I think at the end of the day, you can have the strongest marketing power. You can have the best packaging design. You can have the widest distribution network. But at the end of the day, although all of these three things that I mentioned are important, the product has to work. The product has to deliver what it promised. And I feel that that is the the core of, of, of people accepting and receiving our products. And not only that, after they take it, they recommend it to their friends and family. And it goes beyond just taking it for yourself because a lot of people, they will try anything once because it's their body. But when they start recommending it to their parents, when they start giving it to their kids, I think that speaks even louder volume because they, they are putting their seal of approval onto our product. Yeah, so essentially you're saying that once you pass that first hurdle, you have some kind of like virtuous cycle, I guess that happens in the sense of, you know, one person leading onto the next person, media leading onto a new form of people and so on. And yeah, that's really interesting. I then wanted to ask for, again, we established in the front that you've done lots of work in communication, given lots of talks, you even told us this isn't your first interview and all that stuff. Um, with that, I wanted to ask you, how, how have you been able to leverage those speaking skills which you have? Uh, how have you been able to leverage that and sort of use that for the entrepreneurship side of things, for the research side of things, for the other aspects of your life? I have never, I have not always been uh, be able to to to, to speak uh, in front of people. <laughs> I used to dread going uh, to school on the on the day that you you have to give presentation and public speaking. However, I do believe that everybody has a voice, and I have been very very fortunate to to have people in my life and mentors in my life who who affirm that voice uh, that I have something to offer. Uh, I can, I can, I can, I can share my journey. I probably will not say that I, I can teach people a lesson or I'll teach people to be su such and such, but certainly I have an opinion and I have something to share. And I think that's very important because we live in a world where communication is key, be it through your Instagram posts, be it through your Instagram stories, Snapchat, TikTok, or through uh, public speaking, because we have to take advantage of this of, of, of this social media in terms of communicating what we want to achieve, in terms of empowering people, in terms of uh, engaging with people, because if you don't engage with people, you, don't, you never know who can help you or who you can help. For example, the things that you are doing is, is extremely important because growing up as a young graduate wanting to do something in the startup or entre entrepreneurial world i didn't know where to look for i didn't know know what, what sort of people that i have to look up to obviously you have elon musk you have bill gates but they are so far ahead it's very hard to empathize with them it's very hard to really look into their journey and say that oh i have to do this because running microsoft is very different from starting your 
business from your kitchen, for example. So I think it is it is the it is a duty of people who have who have gone through the process to then go back and share, but it is also something that uh, important for people who are still on the journey because a, an interview with the media can make you or break you or uh, if you if your product like like our product our product was picked up by channel seven and then they gave us a feature and out of a sudden people in perth knows about our product and i think i don't know i think i'm i'm rambling a little bit but to answer your question i think it's very important to have that platform whether you, whether or not you want to use it it's very important that you realize that you have a platform and a voice to say what you want to say and to to help you in your journey yeah, awesome. Um, so I think those are all the questions which I had. Um, I think we'll now pass over to Akmal Fikri, who is currently a student at UC Berkeley. Um, yeah, over to you, Akmal. If... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I was like a bit interested in like when you said that you were like a student and you were in somewhat in like a position that many students would face right now. You were say you were interested in science. You were unsure where to do research, and in the end, how did you manage to like get on with it? How did you manage to decide? Okay, in the end, you're gonna do this and like to be where you are right now. How did you go through? Like what? Maybe like what help did you get? And like what were the pathways that you took that maybe contributed to your success? I wish I have a. Uh, a wisdom to share with you or a good story to, to share uh, to answer that story however if we're being honest the reason why I decided to try into the research world is because I had one year to spare or one year to waste when I first came to Australia in 2008 it was a bachelor degree in Australia uh, it's three years degree uh, you have to take four subjects every semester so eight subjects a year uh, however because coming from Indonesia I grew up in, my, my family is a middle-class family. So the living cost in Australia is extremely expensive compared to Indonesia. So the longer I stayed in Australia, the more, the higher the living cost would be. So instead of finishing the degree in three years, I actually finished the degree in two years. So instead of taking four subjects a semester, I took six subjects a semester. So at the end of my bachelor degree, so I finished my bachelor of science uh, in 2010, I had one year of my visa left. And in my mind, I had one year to waste because even if this research stuff didn't work out, it wouldn't put me behind other people. It wouldn't put me behind my peers. So I gave it a go and I was so lucky because I fell in love with it. I, I got really possessive in terms of the project and I didn't want to pass it on to the next one. So uh, I ended up refusing a job and accepting a PhD scholarship. So if I have to find the silver lining in that story, I think I would say that you never know, you have to make your own opportunity because you never know uh, when the time is right. It's obviously, it's, 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 it's the best thing when you are the right person being in the right time at the right moment in the right place. However, it's not, it's not always the case. Sometimes you have, to, you have to make room for the opportunity to grow. Had I not been had I not been trying to save money to finish my, my bachelor degree in two years, I probably wouldn't go into research. I probably would go into doing a master's degree or I probably would go back to Indonesia and, 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 and 
start uh start start to find job there but because i have this one year that in my head that i i could spend or i could waste regardless of the outcome i i was more daring in terms of trying something new in terms of uh, dipping my toes into an unknown world so i think whenever possible create your opportunity i feel that there is one proverb in indonesia indonesian language that i i will try my best to translate into 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 english but basically the proverb goes like um the result will not betray the effort so whatever that you put in whatever work that you put in towards achieving your dream although sometimes it doesn't show directly that that, that it propels you forward it doesn't go to waste it somehow will come useful later on in life okay wow that's really interesting like making opportunities for yourself i guess yeah that's something that every student should try to do like creating those opportunities because like you said they don't come in like on a civil platter right you have to make it for yourself yeah and also since you mentioned about students uh before i started my company i actually lecture a little bit as well and tutor a little bit and i remember there was one time i had a, a quite a not a heated exchange but quite a passionate debate with with one of my students at that time uh, uh she said that university is for experience and i say no university is not for experience university is for education if you want experience go to nepal and climb mount everest I think you will get better experience doing that than being in the university. So when I first came to Australia, I knew I knew that the reason why I was there, I was here, was to study. So um, I I'm not saying that I'm recommending this to, to to everyone because it probably doesn't work for everyone, but it works for me. I didn't have a lot of friends because friends cost money. Uh, I I I didn't go out all that often because again that cost money. It was about the focus. I want to study. I want to get as much as possible from my time here. I would be the person who would follow the lecturers to back to their office just to get all these informations that maybe he or she didn't share in the classroom. So I feel that um, I was putting the work there uh, because I, I I knew I knew the reason why I was there which is to study but uh if you're listening to this don't feel sorry about me because after that i was making for lost time so i have right. a lot of friends now <laughs> okay now um so yeah as you said before um it seems like doing research scientific research and business seem to be like something like you could say like almost like total opposites right yes and, but then again i was kind of curious because um surely doing scientific research would probably have some beneficial skills that you would be able to carry over and would be pretty useful for you right now as an entrepreneur so i was wondering what were those uh valuable skills or like lessons that you learned that researching and studying science that has helped you to become like a successful entrepreneur two things the first one is your ability to take no for answer and your ability to 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 accept failure i mean if you are a scientist and you cannot accept failure then you are not a scientist because out of the a thousand two thousand experiments that you do maybe half of that was correct and you have to do it all over again 
And I think that translates really, really well in the, in the business world, in the, in the startup world, because you will get a lot of no's. You will get more no's than any other field in, in, in business, in my opinion. So w- when, I got the, when I got all of these no's and all of these so-called failures, uh, it didn't really, obviously I felt sad and upset and disappointed, but it didn't really break my spirit because I was used to it. I was used to failed experiments. I was used to putting in the work and it didn't pan out the way that I planned it to be. So the ability to accept failures, I think translates really, really well from, from being a scientist into businessman. And the second thing that I feel benefits me the most, I have to say it would be the ability to stay awake. I mean, uh, one of my good friends, she's a lawyer and my other good friend, she's an accountant. We all, we all said, oh, you know, our work requires us to be able to, to uh, burn the midnight oil, to, 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 to really, really work uh, until late and stuff like that, wake, wake up really, really early. But nothing beats having to stay in the lab for like three days. So I feel that in the startup world, you need that endurance because uh, when, when I started this, I was a driver, I was a cleaner, although my title was director, I was also uh, uh, the, the career, uh, I was also the, per, the, the customer service uh, officer, I was the admin, I was doing the accounting. So to have the endurance is very valuable. So I feel that my, all of the late night things that I pull during, during my PhD uh, time, I didn't know it at that time, but it, in a weird sort of way, I think it prepared me. It was my training ground to, 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 to the moment when I started the company. Okay, thank you so much for that. And I think this is probably my last question for you. So in your journey of studying and doing research and founding and uh, propelling Renovatio, was there anything that you wish you would have done differently? Is there anything that I wish I would have done differently? I think I, it's very hard to answer that question because hindsight is twenty twenty. So obviously now it will be very easy for me and tempting for me to say that oh, I wouldn't waste so much time in doing this or I wouldn't waste so much time in doing that because now I know. However, I would probably say that I think I would be less reluctant to ask for help. I think that would be something if I can tell my old, my, my younger self, I think I would say that don't be afraid to ask for help because more often than not, people, people are willing to help because they probably have been in that situation before. They have been in that uh, predicament at that time of their, of their career. So what I found now, what I found after the first year of my startup experience is that People tend to want to help you, but you have to ask. So what I would do differently, I think I would ask for more help. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of times in terms of trying to figure out myself. Sometimes being a researcher, especially if, you're, if, if your research career started from doing a PhD project, I feel that one of the, the, the disadvantage or occupational hazard is that you sort of kind of turn into a lone fighter because uh, when you're doing your PhD, at least when I was doing my PhD, I did a lot of things by myself. 
I had to rely on myself. So without knowing that, I think it's sort of kind of, I took that sort of mentality and attitude when I first started the company. And I don't think that's necessarily the best approach. I felt, I feel that I firmly believe that had I asked for help back then, I think things would have been easier. But hey, no regrets, right? Because you only learn from, from you only learn from, from, from experience. So I feel that even though I would change that, uh, I also learn from all those mistakes. I also learn from, learn from all, of, all of those uh, challenges and, 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 and battles that are, that are faced by myself. Okay, um, I know I said that was going to be the last question, but now that you've said that, um, so how would you like ask for help without sounding that you're needy or like, you know, like, like you just said just now also, like sometimes it's better to like discover yourself so that you learn from it rather than like having someone to just like guide you through it. And like, so how do you like find like a middle ground between those it really depends on, on the people, but I always find that uh, telling your story and be honest with who you are and what you want to achieve helps a lot because uh, people might not understand the science and people might not understand the product, but people understood my, what I'm trying to achieve. And in, in making people to understand that, they are more likely to help you and they are more likely to say that, hey, I know someone who knows someone who might be able to put you in front of this store or in front of this distributor. So I think be honest with, with what you want to achieve. And I also feel that, which is, this is very important, at least to me, you need to be sincere. In the world of startup entrepreneurs, I've met a lot of people who are less than honest. And I think it is a very, it is doing our industry and, and our people, our group of people a disservice because when, you, when someone is a dishonest entrepreneur and they go out there and people find out that this person is dishonest, it smears the character of, of all young entrepreneurs. So I feel that, and I want to say this, if, if you're listening to this, anyone who's listening to this and you, and you want to try to use the label entrepreneur to try to cheat people to get rich very very quickly please do not do that because you are damaging entrepreneur re reputation and you're making it very hard for people like the rest of us to actually doing something good so being sincere is very important you can you can be fake you can you can mask dishonesty for maybe well i don't know i know someone who can who, who actually mask it for years but eventually dirty little secret always comes out so it it, it, it it probably very boring for me to say this, but be honest and be sincere. I think those characters eventually will shine through and people can recognize that. Okay, yeah, I think that's all for me. Take it away, Sham. Awesome. So Vincent, just to end this interview, uh, we're, gonna, yes. we're gonna ask you a standard question and it's a question we ask literally everyone that we interview. And essentially what that ending question is, is if you could leave young people just one piece of advice, what would that one piece of advice actually be? So my one piece of advice would be 
while it is good to be an important person, it is much more important to be a good person. And I firmly believe that. Thanks for listening in. This podcast has been brought to you by Desera, a platform designed to bridge the gap between the youth and professionals. You can read more about us at desera.org. And you can also check out the section titled Insights with Experts, where you can submit your questions that you might have for future experts and industries that you would like to learn more about. And you can also refer in any experts that you might know yourself. Thank you.